He's in a flat spin, he's heading out to sea. Maddie, coast to coast. From Brooklyn, it's Matt Menemann to San Francisco, it's Matt Younger. Hey, hello, Maddie. Hey, Patty. That was, that was dark. Hey, it's a dark times, my friend. These have been dark times for, for quite a while. I was going to say. Uh, uh, welcome, welcome to the Cleveland Sports Hour. Uh, we are too self-aware, but unapologetic. Far too much time watching. We've been thinking about the Cavs, Browns, and Tribes. So if you'd like to be informed, intelligent, and perspective, you've come to the right place. Matthew, you lost David Blatt is really Euro coach sensation, the only Cavs coach to deliver a finals game victory to Cleveland, let alone a 2-1 lead with two of his top three players injured in his rookie year. Mm, that's a good resume. Which he would take his insult in goddamn years. And the number of decisions he had to make within a game or arrival only by goddamn fighter pilot, you stupid son of a bitch. How dare you question me? That guy has been <laughs> fired. Um, he, he was an asshole. A Most certainly. Possibly, possibly brilliant. Misunderstood, proud, highly accomplished, asshole. But as I always said, Maddie, what did I always say? He was our asshole. And now he's dead. His uh, his replacement, Brutus. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Tyron Lue, uh, the player favorite, uh, led the Cavs in his first game last night to a scintillating 83 points. On um, 37% shooting. 40% though, Maddie, from the free throw line. <laughs> On uh, 9 of 22 shooting. In yeah. 16% on 4 of 24 shooting from three point line. Maddie, 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 Maddie. What do we what do we make what do we make of this? Uh, of last night or everything? What's that? What do we make of last night, or what do we make of everything? Mm, start where you want to start from, Maddie. So I don't make so much of last night. Well, yeah, just just give me give me the headline. Basically, we'll get we'll get into it in more detail in a bit. All right. So last night they just couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with a shot. I mean, there was other things. It's not like they they played a great game, but I think if they uh, LeBron said this afterwards, their defense was okay. If they'd shot anywhere close to reasonably, even just bad, reasonably bad from the three-point line or the free-throw line, they would have been right in that game. 
Um, and maybe we would have even won. And we would have said, oh, ugly first time out. Players got a lot going on, but they pulled one out. Um, I, I don't. I just can't read too much into it beyond that. They, like it, that's it was aberrational. They're shooting from both places, and they were getting open looks from three point range too. They just couldn't put anything down. Right. We'll get into the schematic stuff more later. But like for yeah. the headline, for me, it's like it's just it's it's way too early to be drawing any conclusions. Now, the overall picture of the coaching change we'll get into, but just from last night, I I can't. I can't read anything. My my, my head my headline is uh, not promising, uh, not <laughs> not, <laughs> not good, not great, not Bob. Uh, not great, Bob. <laughs> I mean, uh, yes, absolutely. We can't we can't judge what's going to happen from here and out. We also can't judge the decision based on last night. Yeah. Um, but the bottom line to me, Maddie, is fucked right now like even even when you and i were despairing if we honestly you know i thought you despaired more than i did i i just was not feeling good that this late in the season we still didn't have our shit together um neither one of us had anywhere near close to the pulse of how bad shit was yeah it's crazy isn't it it's really crazy given how much you and i are both prone to despair how Cleveland is this? Who are diehard Cleveland fans or well versed in Cleveland curses and Cleveland shit, and and are prone to despair? Did yeah. not see this shit coming. We underestimate. That's that's what we read. So uh, let's 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 hit the rundown here. Uh, this will be a pretty pretty quick for uh, Maddie and Patty uh, 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 purposes uh, podcast. Um, we have a Natty. All season long, Maddie, you have been wetting your pants about the roster. Correct. That we're not athletic enough to compete with the length of the modern NBA. Now, all season long, Patty has been the Pollyanna about coaching schemes. Schemes emphasize the ball movement to get the ball in the hands of the devastating talents like Love, Kyrie, and LeBron when the defense is rotating off balance. That, 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 you know, those have been our two sides this argument. Well, now, now we have our test. Blatt has been fired. Players clearly believe in Lou and certainly in his scheme, the strategy. We'll get into more of that in a bit. LeBron certainly does. So the, the team stores from here, Maddie, uh, what do you say? Am I right? If the team soars from here, then I think you are right. I think if they implode, it doesn't necessarily mean you're wrong. Right. But it does mean that more – if we're going to do like a a balance here, right, a balancing beam, if the team soars from here, the balance tells – if the team continues to stink against the only teams that matter, and that's the clear, to me, distinction here, then balance tells towards Maddie. Well, there's a there's a middle there's a middle ground there for you too, Pat. Which is that Tyron Lue's the coach, but just still can't get the schemes right and fucks that up. In which case, no, that's we could be in the same boat. Certainly true, and honestly, I think the problem with the players isn't so much the athleticism, so much as their mindset and their being gigantic pussies potentially. That's what we'll get into as well. So there's a lot of I I think there's ways that you could be right or wrong. (laughs) 
depending on how this works out. But we still get we still get a basic kind of like a, a, yes. it's not as pure as you'd like as an experiment, but it is as close as you'll get in. It's a, a little bit of a referendum. Our, yes, it is. So that'll yeah. be fun for the rest of the season. I agree. Uh, now, obviously, la- last night as we just were just talking, it proves nothing other than the Cavs are still shook as fuck. And, and maybe out of shape, which is right, not man. something that and that I yeah. that I wasn't aware of was going to be a problem. Did not expect it. Did not expect. But goddamn right, they should be. Uh, their bullshit just got their head coach fired. Between all yeah. the conflicting reports, with the way on, we're going to weigh on. Sorry, we're going to weigh in on each one. Uh, the bottom line was this: their head coach was essentially fired because the locker room did not feel like a championship. Feel like a, a locker room that believed it could win. Yeah, if I, if I'm reading Griffin right, I think that's more than anything. That's what we not celebrate. Yeah, it did not celebrate as wins as if uh, as a team that's about to win a championship celebrates wins. Now I don't know how they're supposed to celebrate them, but like I believe I buy in theory that like or theory his basic statement that you you know if shit's good. Yeah, you know, you know, maybe he didn't like you know, uh, uh, you know, grow up in the seventies and, and watch the the Yankees and baseball who hated each other win titles. But you know, baseball is so much different than basketball. You have to be a tight knit group to be able to, and it might explain some of my concerns about how when the shit hits the fan, this team folds like a you know house of cards. Cheap suit, so, Pat, I believe. Cheap black, suit is what folds. I think you collapse like a house of cards. House of cards. That just collapses. Like a house of cards. Thank you. Thank you. Mixing my metaphors. All right. So, what's the plat? What's the players? That's the focus tonight. Um, All right. Let's let's start things off, Maddie. Uh, What was your instant reaction when you saw the watch? Where did you hear it first? Did did I did I break the news? Yes, I heard it first from you, Pat, in a text. I was shocked. Honestly, shocked. I didn't believe it at first. Neither did I. I, 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 you know, so recently we had a lot of layoffs at my job, and this one young guy, uh, one, of my, one of my favorite guests, Julian McWilliams, uh, was back in uh, to pick up a few things and to say hi. Uh, and he was so thrilled while he was there. He walked up to me. I'm, I'm, li- I'm literally planning uh, my dear colleague's uh, uh, baby shower. You know, we, I, li- I literally called her back into the office. She's literally on maternity leave because she has a scheduled uh, uh, a delivery. Uh, I call her back in the office for a bullshit meeting to set up this whole thing. As she's arriving, Julian comes over to me and says, I'm so glad I was here for this, Patty. Look at this. Holds me, hands me his phone. Watch Bob. It's, if, I, if it had any other text, any other tweet, it would have been like immediately bullshit. Yeah. Was, Shit. This fucking sucks. Yeah, I was totally, totally shocked and surprised. The timing didn't make any sense to me. Coming off the the, the nice win over the Clippers, felt like we'd rebounded from that awful Dubs game. I I was totally shocked. Mm -hmm. And still somewhat. It was was not good. A little shy. I mean... I, I sort of bought into the the, 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 the the lore of that, you know, Yankees team that hated each other, but they're still, you know, 
dominate because they're so dominant. But playing games like the Spurs and the, you know, Warriors. So, anyway, so, so the initial tweets that are they're coming through. Uh, yeah, my, so, my, my first reaction, Maddie, was once I got past the disbelief, was this is a terrible fucking move. Yes. This is disaster. I followed move. you there, too. This is the old, we still, you know, it wasn't a great chance. It was maybe a 10% chance to win the title. The way things were, I felt this made me feel like it went straight down to zero. Yeah. But then we started hearing the initial tweets coming in about the reporters not being surprised at all, the problems in the locker room, that the locker room was pretty much lost to Blatt. And, you know, these, the, these last, uh, you know, 15 games, I get 14 games, 15 games, apparently were the breaking point. From the Christmas Day game till now, yeah, um, at least through yeah. the Clippers, the team was just done with him. Not just the veterans, but just everyone. And not just LeBron, but everyone. And then I was thinking, oh, oh, we didn't realize, even despite our, our level of despair, we didn't realize that we were already at zero percent, right? Potentially, and, and and I I sort of I feel that way now. I feel like that we were at zero percent uh, before we fired Blatt, and we just didn't know it yet. And, and Griffin knew it, but he knew he'd get hammered for it. And I feel like he made a really ballsy call. Um, I mean, you have a lot of balls to fire a coach this successful. For sure. Mid-season in January. For sure. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Any thoughts? I mean, I mean, the first big report we got was from Chris Hayes of the Plain, Be- Plain Dealer, which was totally all people hated Blatt. It was, it was, a, it was a broadside – from Blatt haters on the team. Yes. Clearly. Yes. Which, which means LeBron? Uh, I mean, uh, it's a, which means LeBron? LeBron? No, no. Honestly, half of this shit felt like, you know, small guys on the team complaining about bullshit, complaining about like really small shit. Like, man, he tried to sub TT in during a blowout, you know, late in the game. It's like, hold the presses. He tried to sub in TT when it was a blowout. What? Well, that, that was pretty dumb. <laughs> It was dumb, sure. I mean, we were down to we were down to to one to like we we had two healthy big men, and we were putting one of them in at that point. That was it was dumb. It was clearly dumb, but to me, that this is the example that he's upon struck me as people that had been hating this guy for a while, and when pushed and pressed for an example, we're like, this is like you know, whenever you I think I've ever had to fire someone or go through that process, uh, uh, you know, but when you're pressed to think of examples for why this person is bad at their job, yeah, you know, you'll be sitting there going, ah, I didn't write this shit down as it was happening. What, this is that one fucking time that he told me one thing, but didn't another, it's a small example, but it's a, you know, that's why I'm like, yeah, it's a dumb example to me. It's not a big fucking deal. It's not a reason to fire somebody. Uh, but to me, it's, it's the one thing they seized upon. The one thing they remember. It stuck out that, in mind. That's a good analogy. Reason. It's still not good that, it's still, it's still not good that they don't have anything better than that. I saw, which was he tried to call timeout uh, in the most important game of our entire season last year. And thank God the refs didn't call it because we would have lost that game and probably the series. Oh, and he would have gotten canned. He would have gotten canned. Oh, yeah, after the season. Not before, but yes. If he had called that time, if they had been granted that timeout, we would have lost that game. We would have lost the series. He would have gotten canned, I think. And we can exactly in, in retrospect. Absolutely, that would have been the excuse Griffin needed. Mm-hmm. Because clearly, from what we've heard from Griffin, he's been thinking about this since last year, when we made the trade. Trade, excuse me, and when he has void of confidence, he thought about it then and said, "No, you yes. know what? 
players are being bitches. I'm going to call their bluff. And I'm glad he did that, by the way. I'm going to say that right now. That was the right call. Yeah. It was always oh, should call the right back then. Like, ah. The players are not without fault here, and that's the bigger um, – I think they're being kind of bitches, and LeBron has to play a, part, a role in that. It'll be, it, thank God Scott, our, our friends, not listening to this podcast. But yeah. he would take too much pleasure in that who, statement. Who else do you – because, I mean, that's something that's sort of disturbing to me is because it's supposed to be a veteran locker room that sort of has its, its shit together. Mm-hmm. That was part of getting rid of waiters and, and all that. Um. Who out like I don't think James Jones is causing problems. I don't think Richard Jefferson is causing problems. Mo, and that's the other weird. I think thing Richard Jefferson is. Well, he was upset about not not understanding his role, just like Andy. But that like the idea that the team is not together and is real divided flies in the face of everything we saw earlier in the year. I'm thinking back to the Halloween party, all the handshakes we see. Like is that just is that just bullshit, Pat? Did that mean nothing? Or, or more importantly, it, it rattled from there because they were all playing kind of. Well, I mean, I guess I guess uh, Verja wasn't, but RJ was, Mo was, right? Yeah, Kyrie wasn't playing. Well, wasn't but back we knew yet. we knew they, they all were kind of started to sacrifice time. time. It's all unraveling. When when Iman and yeah. and Kyrie came back, right? Like that was something that was known that that uh, those guys the playing time was going to shift. Now maybe Blatt just did a terrible job communicating it. That's Sort of seems I, like what he, happened. It seems clearly he did. Seems like what's happened because they were super happy when Iman and Kyrie weren't playing. Uh, then they can, you know, the you know rotation got shrunk, and RJ complained. We we actually had reports of that. Mo was being weird as shit. Verizal clearly hasn't been happy. Clearly has been you know bummed, but has been a total pro about it. But you got to imagine that in the locker room, it's just not a good vibe because Verizal is part of that team. Uh, LeBron loves him, certainly, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, although, interestingly, to see that Verge didn't play a single minute uh, against the Bulls. Um, no, I was surprised by that, too. I was very surprised by that. Um, so, you know, who knows? I, I, losing a locker room is a really tough thing to put your finger on, right? Uh, uh, I've heard of guys, like, you know, motivating guys to play, and then, like, four or five weeks later, you know, they've lost the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, this team seemed really galvanized and together as a unit during the playoffs last year, right? Big Despite time. Blatt. Uh, and so I thought that they, they kind of, you know, uh, uh, rounded that corner, so to speak. Uh, it, it's difficult to say, but um, suffice it to say, it seems very obvious um, that that but I had lost the team. Uh, t- more from Wendy and uh, my let call him David McMenamin. Uh, I'm going to make it very, very clear that um, they had totally lost the team. Yeah. That he had totally lost the team. Excuse me. I thought Jason Lloyd's made What did you make of uh, uh, his epic final thoughts, which if you, have, if you haven't read them, you can read them. Uh, these are, I mean, first of all, you should be reading them every, every single game. You should be looking for them. Uh, Googling them, uh, find them on Twitter. Um, find them every single game. Uh, they're probably the, the best out uh, in observations about. We'll tell you what's important that you just watched or missed. Um, but what did you make of the Wads column? You know, I, t- I tweeted uh, that, that you know Wads tweets are like the voice of God, uh, but Wads columns are like 
they are much less reliable. Um, what did you make of them? Yeah, I, I feel like he has a he has a, a, a LeBron agenda, which is pretty clear. An anti-LeBron agenda. I don't know about anti-LeBron agenda, but just the LeBron is making Machiavellian moves take, take behind me, the Maddie, scenes. Maddie, let me interrupt you. Uh, uh, t- take me back. You t- tell me about uh, uh, Wadge's history with LeBron, his other pieces, and then what, what this piece outlines. Tell me about that. Well, I'm just thinking. I mean, I Wadge was a, 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 a like a welcome port in the storm when LeBron left because he was shitting all over him um, for how he did things, mm. for what his what the L, mm. is it L, LMRM. LRMR, I always forget what his management team is uh, is called. Yeah. Um, but the moves that they're trying to make and 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 gathering other players to the agency, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I super enjoyed that stuff when I hated LeBron um, and and bought it. And I mean, maybe this is just me changing my opinion on LeBron and this changing my opinion on Woj, but it, he clearly has an agenda there, and I don't know why. Um. But it, yeah. it felt – it super manifested itself in that column. I and mean, there was some crazy stuff in there. The Mark Jackson stuff was wild. That that's who – when they they decided to come to Cleveland, that that's who they wanted. He was committed to getting Mark Jackson here. And Griffin, God bless his heart, was just like, that's not that's not happening. And drew a very hard line in the sand. Like, if any of that is true, thank God for Griffin. But it just seems Jesus. so crazy to me. Just, you know, LeBron's supposed to have a high basketball IQ, and uh, Mark Jackson is demonstrably a terrible coach. Yeah. I mean, you, you have a very natural Mark Jackson before, you know, Mark Jackson, not, not with the Warriors. I mean, it's, it's right there in front of you how much better that team. He was basically holding back a historically great team. Yes. That's it. They really add her. That's how bad he is. He's so bad he held back greatness. Yeah. So the idea that LeBron with him. It's, you know, there's all sorts of stuff that's messed up when, in retrospect with a timeline of LeBron. Just weird stuff like that we hired Blatt and had this whole rebuild with young people and had no idea, just no idea that LeBron was going to come back and do this. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I feel like we should have had – like there was that thing in that piece that LeBron was mad that we didn't have cap space cleared already. Um, it's like, what? Why would you think that we're going to just expect you to come back? It's Well, what's, what's weirder about that is people in Cleveland knew he was coming back, right? Like I, I know that those were all people who were sort of dismissive of the folks right. I knew in Akron who Rivers. were buying season tickets the year ahead of time because they were like, he's coming back. But all that stuff has been confirmed after mm-hmm. the fact from people I know in Akron that know him. They're like, yeah, of course he was coming back. Everybody knew that. So I don't know. Right. It's, it's all super weird to me. Because in retrospect, they shouldn't have hired Blatt. I know they shouldn't have hired Mark Jackson, but they should have gotten a coach that was a former player probably that LeBron felt comfortable with. And they could have gotten the best. Ty Lue. Ty Lue would have been fun. Yeah, but they could have had their. looking for him anyways. They could have had their pick of the litter of former well, who else former player coaches. I don't remember who was there at the yeah. time, but they could have had the best one as soon as they knew that LeBron was coming, right? No, like, I, I the reason why I'm Maddie, Maddie, we, yeah, but the reason we liked Blatt at the time was that uh, we looked at what was anything that was out there. Jackson, fuck no, fuck no. We all said that at the time. No way do I want Mark Jackson shit up in here. Uh, 
and there was no one else like do you like Ty Lu? Ty, I mean Ty Lu and and David Blatt were the biggest names. David Blatt was a surprise name. We're like, you know what? I love this. Frankly, yeah, I, I feel like – yeah, you're right. Because I think Brian Shaw was – upset if we had – Yeah, they were all terrible. So it's going to be Ty Lue or no one. So we, we've got, we got the guy. I, I agree with you. It's weird. I mean, first of all, the Cavs should not be making any moves unless LeBron's talking to them directly. And if they really were, like, surprised that we weren't planning for him, it's like, dude, fuck you. You can come and talk to us at all. Yeah. Like, there's believe- a lot of beef to get over. I can't believe that's really true. You know, and we got over it. Because the crazy well, I part... Of, I, I also don't believe it's true. The I crazy mean, part I, of that Woj piece, Pat, is, that, is the insinuation that essentially LeBron is coming back here and running some sort of scam with yeah. Dan Gilbert's money in order to feed money into his buddy's agency, into Rich Paul's agency. That was sort of the implication there, right? That LeBron mm-hmm. is... Yep. In has the team held for ransom, basically, and is getting as much money as possible, getting as many clients as possible over to Rich Paul, and then getting those clients as much money as possible. That's pretty intense. Yep. Which I think undercut by the fact that LeBron did nothing to help TT. I mean, TT certainly got a good contract, but I don't know. I mean, no connection to TT. TT's agent, for example. TT had a different agent. Same contract would have happened. Uh, if the agent was any good, yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, uh, which he probably presumably would have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I, I feel like I feel like what this, you know, Wadge. If I, I'm going to give Wadge as much credit as I can, and or fuck, what the hell is it called? Clutch Sports. <laughs> it's called Fast Procedure to say. If Clutch Sports, uh, 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 just trying to, hey, LeBron likes Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson, one of our clients. Why don't you guys hire this guy? If you guys are gonna, if you guys are gonna dump what, why don't you do this guy? And we were like, no, no, thanks. And that was it. I don't believe LeBron was like giving them the the, the heat. Uh, yeah, I think this is all uh, Rich Paul, and if. If at all, and just being blown out a little bit because uh, uh, Watts really hates LeBron. Yeah, he's got an axe to grind. I mean, he sounds like. I mean, first of all, we lo- I loved it when he had the axe to grind. In, in oh, for sure. This is t- totally double faced of me. Oh, oh, me too. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> I only care when you're ripping in guys that I want you to rip on. I don't. Yeah. I do not care for it when you but rip it, on my guy when he's my guy. It does have the whiff of somebody with an agenda rather than yeah. somebody that's just. Reporting, mm-hmm. it's it, it doesn't strike true enough, and I, I still think that uh, Wendy McManaman and Jason Lloyd seem to have a better uh, finger on the pulse, and, and they they are the beat reporters in particular. You know, yeah. Wise is just like the you know the tentacled hub of, of of the whispering network, right? You know, he's the master of whispers. He's the master of whispers. He's uh, what's the guy's name? Barris. Ferris? Yeah, Ferris. I was going to say Vesper. It was Ferris. Yeah, Ferris. The spider? What's it going to be called? The spider something spider. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Maddie. what did you make of Ty Lue's first game? Let's move on to the game from last night. Um, so I liked, it. I liked everything he had to say in his interview ahead of the game, right? We, oh, we right. exchanged yes. texts about this, oh, right? Oh, oh uh, hold on. But let, let, let's, let's, let's take the, 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 the marquee comment. I'm not going to do things differently. I'm going to do them better. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> Some fucking shade. Jesus. 
but I, I, I tend to think that he, um, he was not trying to throw shade. He was just trying to say, look, I'm not doing things very differently from Blatt. Uh, we kind of were on, we we're on the same page. I just want to execute it better and do a better job. You know, I agree. It, it sounded worse than he meant it. I think he's, he's been pretty loyal in most of his comments since, even though uh, he's had a lot of things that he said very harshly that do not reflect well on Blatt. But uh, yeah, what do you think? So I liked everything he had to say about what he wanted to do with the offense, right? Like more up tempo, Kevin Love working at the elbows. Mm-hmm. I love that. Sure. I mean, that's essentially what we've been talking about, right? Well, movement, ball movement, up tempo, I think is different. That's true, but I think up tempo was to get the ball up and in sets and get it moving rather than taking the ball up mm-hmm. slow and then getting it in, iso- in isolation sets where somebody just had to take a shot because there wasn't enough time to do anything with it. I think those were, were paired, even if it wasn't said explicitly. Yeah, if, if, that, if that's what they're going for, and we'll talk more about this in a bit, but like, if that's what they're going for, great. Uh, if they're talking about like just, just, just run and gun, trying to get the shot really fast, you know, uh, uh, seven, yeah, seconds, right, seven right. seconds or less style, I'm not, I'm not down with I, that at all. I'm less down. I think we should have more transit. I think we should run more and have more transition game, but I agree with you. That's not yeah. the, so the, here's, what's weird to me is we were texting during the game and Kevin Love came out real early and my brother was super pissed off about it. And James Jones came into sub for him, which was weird. And we can get back to, mm-hmm. but my reaction was, and I think you had this reaction was, okay, this is smart. This is something people have talked about. Let's get him out early as his rest and then get him back in against second units and run the offense through him at the elbows. That makes some sense. Yep. But at, afterwards, Fisher says, all of my guys were gassed and asked to come out of the game. Whoa, 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 so that he ended Daddy. up in a position where he was playing with none of the big three on the court yep. towards the end in the middle of the first quarter when we didn't hit it. We went 0 for 16 and went like seven minutes without scoring. Mm-hmm. With, like that, so that gets into like the whole them not being in shape thing is super weird to me. I don't, I don't understand it still, honestly. Kyrie, maybe a little he's still coming back, but like one thing that's really not in shape. One thing that's really funny, Maddie, what you just said is that, first of all, you had a Freudian slip and you called Tyron Lou uh, Fisher. Whoa. Like Derek Fisher, I'm assuming. That's, that's <laughs> which, not good. Which is very funny. Uh, <laughs> I don't like that at all. I don't like that at all either. Uh, but, yes, I mean, I, I, I made light in our texting exchanges uh, uh, that, our, that our excuse game is getting, getting better at least. Um, you know, it, it, clearly, again, this is another misunderstanding, I, and, I, and I believe this. I'm not making excuses here, but uh, Tyron Lee was talking about we were not in game shape for the style of play that they were. That everyone clearly has been angling for, and Blatt has been holding it, holding them back. This mm-hmm. is one of the big sticking points. Clearly, everyone to a man was talking about how they wanted to run. They wanted to run and get up and down the court, uh, and Blatt was clearly holding them back. Uh, it's a big question mark, honestly. I think whether that's the right thing or not. Whether Blatt was wrong to hold them back, or I mean, Maddie, if you're talking about this team not being athletic and, and not being athletic to compete in modern NBA, you should not be pushing for more pace. I feel like, mm. I, or at least, at least, let me ask you: do, do you feel like you should be pushing for more pace, given your stance on our athletic, our, our, our questionable athleticism? I like getting the ball up faster because I like getting into the offense faster. Uh, Agreed. I like that. And we do have a couple great athletes who can take advantage of I mean, LeBron is Agreed. still a great athlete. Kyrie's still a good enough athlete. We've got 
Kevin Love throwing those outlet passes, like we should take advantage of that when we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I'm. This is. I'll just sort of recapture what we just said. I don't want to turn them into the the seven seconds or less Suns, right? I just right. want the ball up the court a little bit faster mm-hmm. and have a little bit more of a fast breaking offense. That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will say one thing in your favor that I'm I'm thinking about, which is that I do think that our athleticism is is less apparent in the half court set. It's more apparent in the fast court, mm-hmm. fast court in the fast break. Excuse me, fast court. Fast court is kind of a good good phrase actually. Fast court versus the half court. Why don't we say that anyway? Sure. Uh, I'm just talking. Um, but no, I, I feel like I wonder if a lot of our, our, our seeming lack of athleticism is exposed just based upon half court sets. Very few half court teams look that athletic, particularly athletic, right? Yeah. Um, so maybe we are actually more athletic than we seem. Um, cause I do think we have some athletes, we have a lot of good athletes. Um, you know, maybe we don't have quite as many as Golden State, but I feel like we have a lot. But also, we look. We don't look. We look. We get exposed against running teams when we try to run with them, because as this game just showed, we aren't conditioned for it. We aren't used to that shit. And if that's actually true, that tells me that any team that's not playing that fast course, uh, the fast, <laughs> fast break pace, uh, uh, isn't conditioned enough to compete with those fast court teams. Uh, I, I, apparently, I'm com- committed. Yeah, you're just I use it, buddy. Roll I'm with just, it. I'm just gonna roll with it. I can't keep going to it. I'm gonna keep saying it. Yeah, these fast court teams uh, uh, clearly have better conditioning. Now, how much did you think of like you know teams that have athleticism? They say, oh, they, they're trying to run with them. They really shouldn't do that. That's good. That's that's just what this other team wants. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it, could it just be because the team that's unconditioned to running that kind of a game is just gonna get tired. And we'll then start getting sloppy in their defense, sloppy in their offensive sets. I think that's possible. So that's, that'll be interesting. So it, honestly, I'm at, we're at 0% right, chance of winning the title when we talked about this firing. So I'm like, okay, fine, try it. Seriously, try it. Get, get, the worst that happens is that we, we scrap it and we've gotten conditioned for it. Yeah, and also, theoretically, at least, we should have the depth to facilitate that too, right? Yeah. We can, we can run 10, 11 guys out there comfortably. Exactly. Um, so Bears are going to run. Bears are going to run. Maybe can't play uh, you know, peak defense for Vergeau, but he can run. He didn't get any play last night. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was interesting. The, ball, the actual ball movement I saw, I saw pace. I didn't see – I didn't see any kind of increase in ball movement. I saw ball movement. I didn't see a, like a you know a regression, so that that was good. But I did not see any more ball movement. Did you? No, no, not particularly. And in, and infuriatingly, I thought both Kyrie and LeBron had the ball. St- LeBron threw up a lot of long twos. Terrible, and terrible shots. He came in like right when we needed him to calm the offense down and set the stage, be, be the adult in the room. Yeah, just threw up the worst possible Dion Waiters style shot. Yeah, right? he he played particularly awful, poorly, awful. Um, and Kyrie was doing a lot of one on one stuff, and even when he got to the hole, he could not finish to save his life. He, yeah, it was it was a very disappointing game from both those guys. So on top of exactly. on top of terrible shooting, which is I I don't know who to blame for that, other than you just said a shitty shooting night. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for us to win when LeBron and Kyrie play bad. 
That's true. And that's not – I don't know what kind of indictment that is. I name a team in the league that can win when their top two players play bad. Exactly. There's not, there's not many of them. No. Um, you know, it, it, as they point out, you know, one thing that was interesting, getting back to Kevin Love, we did see him on the elbow at least once. Your, your brother in particular missed it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was interesting. I, I think it was, it was uh, Jason Lloyd who pointed this out uh, for the first time, which is interesting is that the, the, the strategy for Love, and they were talking about this for a while, and he was thinking about writing this for a while, was that they're going to try and sub him early so that he can sub back in with the subs. So that he plays, he plays his 3 and D, 3 and D, sorry, his, his you know, glorified uh, Channing Fry role with the Kyrie and LeBron. Since they are ball-dominant guys, and Love is also a ball-dominant guy, honestly. When he was great in Minnesota, he, was, he had the ball in his hands every yep. possession. So he's not going to have that uh, with LeBron and Kyrie on the court, and that's the big problem. So with the two of them on the court, he's going to space the floor. He's mostly going to space the floor. He, maybe he'll do some stuff on, uh, you know, in, in the post for certain plays. But for the most part, he's going to do what he did for us last year, which was great, statistically speaking. Great for us and great for LeBron and Kyrie. But we'll sub him out early and play him with the, the subs mm-hmm. so that he can then be the guy on the floor with the second unit where then he can then get the ball on the elbows where he facilitates with his passing, with his shooting, with his, you know, with his post play. Um, so the thing I like is, that said, theory. I love it. And apparently um, Lou has 11 to 12 plays to run off the elbow, but they haven't practiced any of them, which is damning. Just completely damning of Blatt. If he yeah, really did not I agree. plan that shit. He's just being stubborn with the whole, everyone said I have to play him on the elbows. I don't need to play him on the elbows. Like, dude, look at his tape. You've got a guy who is like all time historic. You know, I mean, he was the first guy to really revolutionize the position. He's the guy. He's the one guy that made stretch, th- stretch uh, four a thing. Well. Right. Wouldn't you say if, if there's one guy you could point to? I think Dirk Nowitzki would be the guy that I would point to first. Uh, but. Love that's, was a guy that was a robust rebounder and could go out there. And Dirk, is, Dirk is a different sort of player. My point was that, is that Kevin Love was a true power forward. Dirk was never really a true power forward ever. Now Love started as a power forward and converted to being the stretch forward. He was a power forward who could then also stretch his game out, right? Like that, that, that's why I think of it that way. Dirk that's is right. I mean, Love is, the, Love is the one who got the the Chris Bosh's and LaMarcus Aldridge's of the start world. launching threes. And Paul exactly. Gasol's out shooting threes. I agree. Exactly. exactly. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and he, and he, I feel like he made Brian Anderson's career in a way. Uh, you know, because – anyway. So, that being said uh, – it, it, That is damning of Blatt, though. I mean, that, we should emphasize that, that. That's bad if that's true. Uh, if we have no plays around for him at the elbow, because I never saw him at the elbow before with Blatt at all. We yep. saw him at least twice last night. I think like I had two times, maybe more. Well, they I, said they I, were running him out of timeouts, right? Because they needed to draw up the plays. That's right. That's right. He had to draw him up out of the timeout because they, they didn't know them in advance. That's right. That's right. So that's why I feel like I saw it twice. Maybe maybe I saw it more than that, but I, I did not see it. Uh, and you, you know, if you blink, you can miss it because we only ran it, you know, one or two times. But that's a that's a good that's a good strategy, and I'm happy to see. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens when we have some more days off, and we can see what kind of sets we can run with that. Um, yeah. When, when Kyrie and LeBron are sitting. Um. Anything else? Um. I mean, there's, there's. Let me ask you this. So, 
The biggest concern about this, you know, Conrad Kazmarek uh, has one of the cast Twitter guys who's been mostly the one guy who's been who's, who still hasn't come around from what I've seen on the Blatt firing. Um, he's been hammering on the terrible rotations, and yes, I mean, it's weird. We only had apparently we only had two minutes with Kyrie, LeBron, Love, and Tristan on the floor together all night. Yeah, Tristan's minutes were super weird. I mean, those are our four best players. Those are the four guys. That's the lineup you want to have out there more than anything, no matter who you start. And we had two minutes together. Especially back. against the Bulls. <laughs> yeah. Who, are, who play big. It was I, – I agree. The rotations were – I mean, what Lou said was that his guys – he had a plan. Everybody got winded and needed to come out, and that fucked everything up. And then right. he needed to adjust. And he's like, I got to figure that out. Which, on the one hand, okay. On the other hand – fucking christ have that shit figured out you're an nba head coach um you got a lot of veterans in on in on the assistants on the assistant coaching staff you feel like they could have that together mm-hmm. um I, i'll give him a pass for one game it's got to be figured out from now on like, yeah no he, he looked he looked a little not shell shocked but like a little bit like oh shit this is yeah not having to make decisions every minute not just having to be the guy to say hey i see this i see yeah. that i see that and then start talking to guys being the guy in the fucking driver's seat is is a horrifying experience. Once you start flying that jet plane, Pat, it's a whole other thing. <laughs> You've got like 260 decisions to make in the course of 60 <laughs> minutes. It's, it's the danger zone, Matty. It's the danger zone. Um, but what, one of the things, just thinking, going back to Griff, uh, talking about togetherness and strategy, um, you know, to, to me the big concern is we went with Lou because the players bought into Lou, and and what Griff thought was that the team was not together. It didn't. It, it wasn't a unit. Well, I don't um, know that there were other choices too, like what we were gonna do. Oh, I agree, I agree. But let get me, let, but, but let me, let me, let me get to the the, the concern I have, uh, which is um, Lou clearly had togetherness, Ubuntu, if we're gonna steal a, a phrase from uh, from Doc, uh, sure. his, his mentor, right? That's what Doc was like famous for. Because Doc, if you remember, was like a ridiculously terrible coach before he got uh, a bunch of amazing, you know, Hall of Famers landed in his lap, right? And Tom uh, Thibodeau. And, to- and Tom Thibodeau. That happened after that? I didn't, I didn't know that. The time yeah, I mean, Thibodeau Tom- became his assistant in Boston, and that was t- – the defense was Thibodeau's Wait. exclusively. So that happened the same year that he got Ray Allen and uh, Kevin Garnett? He might have had Thibodeau the year before, but Thibodeau was like an enormous part of that team. Oh, I agree. together. Uh, sure, absolutely. But my point being, he was he was ridiculed as a terrible coach by you know uh, uh, the sports guy Bill Simmons. Like I mean, Bill Simmons was just like was ruthless about him for sure. Ruthless, hated him. Like treated him like he was you know Byron Scott. Uh, like like <laughs> that, Byron Scott bad was how he treated him. Yeah, and then, and then he got these Hall of Famers, and then he became this legendary coach now, right? Uh, and, and one of his things was he got this team to really be together, and that's one of the things he 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 had with him. That's Tyra Lou brings the table, but you know David Blatt has twenty years of dem- of demonstrable. If you look at his the stuff that he does, the the film work uh, outside the Cavs of great strategy. Now the problem with the NBA is that you got to have a team together, and things, you have to have it no matter where you go. It's just maybe the cultural gap that Black couldn't reach his players here. Um, but so 
does Lou have enough of the strategy that Blatt had to make any kind of difference? Or is he in over his head in a different way? Like, Blatt was in over his head with getting the team together. Will Lou be in over his head with strategy? Yeah, I don't have an answer for that. I mean, that's what we're going to find out, right? Mm-hmm. I hope to God he isn't. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I got the feeling I – mean, luckily he has some chops, but, you know, it's – I've never seen him make these great, great big plays. I mean, he had those elbow calls for love, so let's see what he does. Yeah, I think we gotta we got to give him a, ch- a chance now to implement everything. I mean, the credit to him would be that he ran our defense that was super good in the playoffs last year. That was even Black credited that all to him, right? So, yeah. I mean, and if you, if you believe Chris Hayes, he ran our out-of-timeout uh, uh, plays, apparently. Right. Uh, which, which, is, which, is, which is bullshit. Uh, yeah, Black, I don't think that's true. I think Black ran them. It's, it's, gar- it's absolute garbage. Flat ran great out of, out, out, out of timeout uh, inbound split. Well, I mean, he had, t- he had a t- tough time with inbounds <laughs> in certain sets. Uh, that was yeah. really bizarre. Uh, but normally, his out-of-bounds plays uh, in, in, in the normal flow of things is fan- has been fantastic. So yeah. uh, I, I find that to be bullshit. Uh, and, but, um, but getting back to Griff, so, this, is, this is where, again, Jason Lloyd's column comes in handy. You know, when I was I was live tweeting, live texting you, um, uh, Griffin's press conference. Yeah, I was struck immediately by the reference to how the team does not thrive in prosperity. Yeah, not a phrase I ever heard before. Usually, teams don't thrive under adversity, right? But clearly, this team actually does thrive under adversity. The problem was that once the going got easy, we kind of coasted and stopped. You know, we just didn't, weren't together. We just didn't push to the next level which is what you have to do if you're going to get good enough to beat a superlative team like Golden State. It's what Golden State's been doing all year. You know, regardless of the, the level of their opponent, they are just trying to destroy everyone and everything. Yep. We aren't doing that. We, aren't, we don't have that kind of togetherness. Um, so, I mean, what did you think of that particular, Maddie? And then uh, what Jason Lloyd told you about the, the win at, over the Clippers in particular? I I still don't quite know what to make of it. Like I didn't. I, we talked about this. I'm I'm super surprised that the locker room is that down and not together. Because mm-hmm. um, it's felt that way all along. And I get. I don't know. I guess it makes a little bit of sense if they really if people hated Blatt that much and just didn't feel confidence that he was going to be able to get. I mean, that's what it sounds like is they lost confidence in him as a leader. And so even a win over the Clippers, while, while in a vacuum, good, that's a top mm-hmm. five or six team in the league. You beat them pretty handily at home. That right. should feel good. But if you have no confidence in your leader and you're like, this is just empty because all this is meaningless because you know that he's not good enough to get us where we at eventually need to go, then right. what's the point, right? And if that's how they felt, eh, it's more reason to make the call that he made. I, yeah. I, I get it. If that's what it means, um, if the, the the locker room sense was just empty, like empty joy, yeah, that, that's that was the the picture I got from listening to him talk about it. Empty joy, like they thought, ah, oh, we won this game, we're not going to win the championship. Right, doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. So this is a worthless, worthless win, which is sort of how I thought, honestly, after the game. You know, well, I mean, that's the problem with the, the Warriors' loss is that they were all going to feel worthless until we got it done. You know, we'll have another chance next Saturday, right, against Sun- the Spurs. Sun- Sunday, I thought, isn't it Sunday? Saturday. They're Friday, they're in Detroit, and then Saturday they're home. Again, the same 
it's the ABC primetime game. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. Same thing. So that, that'll be the last shot. But after that, all of them will be sort of meaningless, right? Completely. I mean, um, we, we, we'll have completed our games against the top two teams that matter. And yep. so that's just about it's, it, which is nice, right? In the sense that, uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's frustrating as a fan to not have any, any, any more tests, right? Any more measuring sticks. Yeah, but I we mean, have, we'll have, we'll have the, the rest thunder, of the season to practice. Right. We'll have the Thunder and Clippers on the road, which are something. We've got two more games against the Bulls. Well, the Thunder, I still don't. The Bulls don't scare me at well, all. They're a bunch of no, losers. No, they're, they're terrible. No one cares about them. We'll have the Thunder at home, Maddie. actually. Uh, we beat them, we on, beat the them on the road, didn't, didn't we? Really? Didn't we? I thought we did. No, I think that was a home game. It was a home game? Oh, I thought it was, I thought it was on the road. Oh, no, no, no. We did it without Kyrie, I guess. I think. Yeah. That's what it was. I knew, no I knew, Kyrie. I knew we had some uh, – uh, some, uh, Something against us. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so so, so uh, uh, you, you had some breaking news for me. before. They, first of all, I mean, before I get the breaking news, uh, uh, who, who the hell is, is Brett Brielmeyer? Have you heard of this guy? Brett Brielmeyer? Yeah, he looks like, I don't know, like Brent and Brendan had a kid. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know him. Uh, he's apparently, he, he, he was promoted to the third on the bench uh, uh, for Blatt's first, sorry, for Blatt's Oh, that's, that's right. first game. He's an assistant coach. I think he's, he's in 29 his... years old. He's, yeah. he's, he's, Jesus, seven years are younger, Maddie. I know. And he's no, been in the league for seven years. The hell are we doing in our lives? Just gabbing with each other like this. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, but uh, uh, apparently, I guess he's going to be bumped back because something else has happened, Maddie. Yeah, I just just before we got on, the, the Cavs have signed Mike Longabardi um, as an Mike assistant Le- coach. Mike Lombardi? <laughs> no. The Browns, Lo- Mike Lombardi? Are you fucking kidding me? No, easy. Walk, oh, back okay. off off the ledge. What? Well, Longabardi. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he was in Phoenix this year. He's one of the two assistant coaches that got mm. canned when there was like, mm. you know, when things got weird in Phoenix a month yeah. ago or so. Where owners fired assistant coaches out from underneath uh, Jeff Hornacek. Yeah. Weird. So that was weird. But he was sort of Thibodeau's uh, deputy in Boston. Hmm. And came in and ran the defense there. He's got a super good reputation. That's what he does is run the defensive side of the ball. So it's maybe he's coming in to do RD. And so Tyron Lue would know him from, from his doc relationship, I'm pretty sure. And if Tyron Lue feels like he's got to take over more of the offense now. because that, That's one thing I was worried about. Uh, uh, he's been running the defense. It's tough to do both. Uh, yeah. So that's nice. He can pass that off to Longobardi and focus on revamping the offense. Yeah, I think that at least theoretically would be the plan for my, my think, understanding of things. Do you think this adds any fuel to the fire of Markeith Morris? Coming to the Cavs? In, interesting. I have no idea about Longobardi's relationship with, with Morris. Doesn't, uh, sound like it was, I, doesn't sound like it was good. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think those guys were canned because – they couldn't. I mean, the Suns screwed up their relationship with Markeith Morris when they traded his. You know about that? Yeah, the trade of his brother, right? I bet well, but, went down with it. Well, the, those, the twins, they went to Phoenix and were like, here's the total amount of money that we want. So we'll chop it up amongst us, however, is fair. But like, you're getting both of us and we want to be here together. So, like, they took. He, Markeith in particular, took a pretty steep discount huh. um, with the understanding that he would stay with his brother. And then they traded his brother. Wow. 
so he's furious and like not a hundred percent without reason, right? Like right. I get I get where he's coming from. Uh, he's probably been a, a baby about it, and there's other questions, but his through his reasons for hating the Suns are not are not ridiculous. So uh, has, it, has it been proven beyond a reasonable doubt that Carlos Boozer is not at all involved with the Phoenix Suns organization? Because it feels like <laughs> it feels like he got boozered. <laughs> That that is that is all the hallmarks of a classic boozer ring. It, it, it's it? It, it totally does. It's the it's the handshake agreement. Uh, <laughs> the classic boozer bait and switch. Um, so yeah, I have no idea what rim. I I do. I mean, we traded Joe Harris, I guess, to for money reasons allegedly, but I think really it saved us a tiny little bit of money. But I think really for the roster spot. Um, and that'll be the other interesting thing to see. There was some suggestion after the after Black got fired that we're, we've got roster moves coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you and I talked. I don't think that's Kevin Love. Although it was super weird. The thing that got swept under the rug yes. and we haven't talked about yet is that when the players got called, I think Windhorse tweeted that, the players were totally shocked when the team meeting got called to tell them that Blatt was fired. They thought somebody had been traded and thought it was Kevin Love. Yeah, uh, Matt Moore uh, from CBS, uh, uh, otherwise known as uh, Harvard Paroxysm, uh, made a big deal out of that in his, in his post saying, that's fucked up. That, 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 that suggests that the team felt there was enough weird buzz that it would not be unexpected. That was the first thing they went to. Yeah. But, I, but honestly, I, I chalked that up to Kevin Love has been the, the hobby, you know, like he's been the first guy people beat up when shit goes wrong. On, for sure. On, he's the whipping twice. boy on the team. He's the whipping sure. boy, exactly. Uh, uh, so I feel like they just reacted to that more than anything else. Uh, and then they just didn't see the black thing coming because they would have thought it would have happened after the, uh, sorry, uh, the Portland disaster. Yeah. You know, or, or immediately after golden state. And then when they won two more games, like, ah, oh, well, Blatt's still here. So they had yeah. pretty much let it go and, and, and didn't think about it. So I, I think that's, I think that is a, a interesting note that doesn't actually mean anything Yeah, but from the, from the general manager standpoint, I think it's more about the media environment. So I, I, I also think it means it's less likely that, that the love gets traded. The fact that Griffin is the one that fired Blatt. I agree with you because this is the team is is Griffin's design. I think we're going to see a, a move around the margins here. That mm-hmm. could mean Andy gets dealt, or because his contract's expiring, I think, right? Or mm-hmm. or Mo, who could have some value to somebody else and doesn't really have so much of a role on this team anymore. Yeah. Uh, Mozgov, I guess, theoretically, except his value is pretty much cratered at this point. So yeah. he's an expiring yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are the guys, and we have the Haywood trade exception, too, that we can just take stuff back into. Mm-hmm. So I, still, I, I suspect we see something around the margins there and that it's for another another wing player. And, and we have an extra roster spot, so we could just maybe sign somebody who's been amnestied. For sure. Uh, to add to the or roster. bought out. Or bought, yeah, sorry. Oh, no, not, uh, the amnesty's gone. I, I forgot the rules on this. I think there's like three teams that can still amnesty. I can't remember. Somebody keeps that list of players because it's only players that were still signed when the provision. So it's like a vanishingly small number so of can, players that could still, still be, be amnesty. Right. You can still be bought out if you're not amnesty, right? Any team can do that. Totally different thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I, I forget the rules on that. Um, but I, I still think it's very unlikely that we, that we do anything with Moskov. It would be criminal of us to deal Moskov without – getting a rim protector in return because we have no one on the roster who can be what Mozgov is supposed to be. 
Yeah. Um, and that's the bottom line. No matter how bad Mozgov can keep team playing like a fucking asshole. He played great last night, I felt like, didn't he? Well, okay. I, mean, I, mean, I mean, good. good. For what he's been doing, he wasn't as asshole like he has been lately. Yeah. The last, week, the last week or so, actually, he's been, he's been really promising, and, and, and you know, I've been pretty pleased with him. But, like, even if he plays, if he plays his worst all year until the playoffs, you can't – until the, the trade deadline, you can't trade him unless you get something back in return that could possibly defend the rim. And I don't think you're going to get that. Right, and the only situation we do that is, is taking back a long – so it would be like getting – sending him to Phoenix for Tyson Chandler or something yeah, where they exactly. have a contract they want to get rid of. And that particular deal I would want no part of. I agree. But if, if we wanted to make a deal to get rid of Mozgov to get something else, that's good. I mean, I don't know if it's Marquise Morris. I don't really want Marquise Morris. Um, that's not really what we need. I don't um, know, Pat, have you seen his, you know, there's, there's stats out there that say he's the, the Draymond green killer. Oh, is that true? What do you yeah, think that he plays Draymond better than, uh, than almost anybody else in the league, which is I, why teams would have interest in him. Oh, Maddie, tell me more. I had not seen this. I had not read this. this is there was a uh, – I think Zach Lowe had a podcast with Windhorse a couple weeks ago, and they talked about that, and they specifically said, with, well, the Cavs seem like they should be interested in him in the rumor that Windhorse said what he was hearing from the Cavs is that they were not. Hmm. Um, but – Should they be? I am maybe – I, part of the idea here is that he's he's a head case right now, but he's a head case in Phoenix for the particular reasons we just we talked just about discussed. with his brother, and that he's ready to go someplace else and rub it in Phoenix's face, and that someplace else could be any place else. It doesn't need to be to Detroit to play with his brother again. He just needs to be out of Phoenix and rub it in their faces. He's a really good player. Yeah, really um, good. I honestly think we should think quite seriously about it yeah oh you're, you're selling me on this i mean, it was kind of like you know nervous about it it was J.R. smith territory right like the ooh, no oh, for sure right way down that boys. path but he's and got J.R. Bit. smith talent and if J.R. smith could turn around this team mark right. morris is you know a little more malicious than than jr jr sort of a goofball for the most right, part right backhanded slaps to mm-hmm. the to the face set aside mm-hmm. i think i think the insinuation with markeith is that it is just a little more dangerous almost but did he have any of that reputation before this year yeah he's always been a little bit of a head case i think even in kansas oh interesting so i didn't know that yeah all right uh that's interesting um jesus i mean just roll the fucking dice i guess right I, you got to think seriously about it. i mean it depends what what phoenix wants and and how much the market from i mean when when it first happened it sort of seemed like they would the market got so bad that they were going to have to add something like sweeten it with a draft pick to get rid of him. I don't. Right. I don't think. I think it's changed since then, but mm-hmm. I don't really know. So I mean, I, I, they should kick the tires for sure. If you want Mozgov or Chandler straight up, you want Mozgov, right? I think so. Chandler's been horrible this year, man. He looks done. He looks done to me too. I mean, it could also again be the Phoenix situation, but he's what? Wait, he's thirty-two. Yeah, I think that's right. Something like that. Pretty old for a guy that big. I mean, Mozgov's what 29, 30, right? Who is? Mozgov. He's pretty old. I mean, he's in the late 20s. Or, you know, it's like 30, right? I don't think he's 30 yet, but 28 or 29, I think. 29, that's right. Yeah, I think he's 29 this year. So, you know, but yeah, I, I, I don't want to tell him. Actually, I think, I think Chandler's older than that, Pat. Now that I think too? about it. Yes. Yeah, no, no maybe not. 33, something like that. I, I don't think we want him. He's got four years left on his deal. It's just... Well, we, we, both have, we both have computers, Maddie. We, we can figure this out. 
I'm not in front of one. I'm going off to the top of my head. That's true. That's true. Uh, well, I'm looking right now. Uh, I have another question for you, Pat. It's slightly off topic, but do you buy into read anything into all the NBA coaches that are sort of shitting on the Cavs right now? It's annoying. It's frustrating. I, I, I mean, like Rick Carlisle is one of the best coaches in the NBA, so it's annoying to hear him. You know, he's also the, the president of the coaches association. Of course, too. so he has to do that, right? Yeah. Um, and I think he kind of walked back some of it in his in his own comments, uh, you know, because he he took over for the last guy that had like a seventy percent winning percentage, right? <laughs> Carlisle Carlisle took over for Avery, who was fired after leading his team to the best record in the Western Conference. Yeah, that's true. Just lost in the first round. So Carlisle could fucking talk. Um, 33, Maddie. Yes, Tyson Chow's 33. No thanks. No thanks. Um, Um, Yeah, yeah. and I also liked Jason Lloyd's tweet yesterday where he said, all these coaches coming out of the same coaches who were shitting all over Vlad anonymously last year. That is also fascinating. It's another great part of his his piece. Um, Maddie, going back to the trade options, so so, so Markeith Morris is is a big potential piece, right? One that I think we should really seriously consider. Um, I don't know where he fits on this roster with love. Right. Obviously, we keep, you know, I mean, I, I, we. Well, I think he comes in as your backup, your immediate backup three to LeBron, right? Interesting. Because he's not really a. Is he really a three? Yeah, he can play three. He can play three, but he's more a four, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I, he, can, he can switch between either of those. I think you, I mean, well, we you really want to make small ball lineups where he can play right. four, the four and small ball lineups. And right. Even move, even move Love to the five? I don't know. I think that's something we might want to think about against Golden State, too, is starting Love at the five. I was just going to Having say, him play Bogut and, and moving, moving everybody accordingly, and then Morris would be hugely valuable. You'd play him at the four. Yeah. LeBron again, at the three. But again, uh, uh, people have been shooting a Love in the small ball lineups. We can't play Love against small ball. But honestly, Love has been great at the five in, last, yeah. in the last we played. Because he, he, he's, he's the, not been horrible. No, it's only a problem against Golden State because Draymond's the five, and I don't right. trust love, love there. But mm-hmm. if it, when Bogut or Azili are out there, sure, do it, do it. And the whole point is, who gives a shit? Like again, one thing I try to I try to get at last time we didn't have time because I I spent, I spent the whole time being uh, uh, drunkenly ranting. Uh, but uh, the one thing we didn't talk about is the whole um, max contract uh, language. I think it's mm-hmm. hugely problematic, and I get mad when you do it because I, I think you know better, and you're just doing it to goad me. Uh, although you weren't doing it first, but eventually you knew it got, got me, and you did it to goad me. Oh, I meant it at first. Eventually, no, I was just no, making I, you. Ma- I was just no. making you angry. No, no, no. The point being, at first you meant it. Yeah, but eventually you, you tried to goad me into it. But the point being, it's hugely problematic and nonsensical. Even if love isn't worth this, like, I understand expectations. He was supposed to be an amazing player, and it's still the case. Regardless of what we pay him, what, con- what his contract is, we'll be traded for him. We traded for the Kevin Love from Minnesota. So that's always going to be disappointing. But the money we paid him is regard- is, is, doesn't matter at all, period. That's what we had to do to keep him on the team, and there's, the old- there's no player on the market we could have gotten to replace him, period. End of story. That's fair enough. So – who gives a shit if he's not finishing games? If he's happy and the lineup doesn't work, if he's not in the final minutes of a seven, game seven against Golden State and we win, who fucking gives a shit? 
he got us there. No? No, I think that's fair. And that's where the Cavs are. That's what I find so promising about this roster is how versatile we are, how many options we have to play. And I'm now kind of excited about the idea of of training, of of somehow getting Markeith Morris into the fold as another guy to play, especially if you're saying, if you're saying you play a three, cause you know, our, Richard Jefferson is almost unplayable right now. He can yeah, he's three. really regressed. Hasn't he? That's sad. It's just on, mostly on defense on offense. He's fine. He can hit threes. He can put the ball on the floor. He's, he's fine on offense, but boy, he's been terrible on defense. Yeah. Really bad. I thought he could be, he could hold his own on defense and we wouldn't have to worry about this. He was saying we need another wing. I'm like, what happened to our, Richard Jefferson? Like, yeah. He can't play defense. Nope. And to be fair, he's also the, 12th or 13th guy in the team, right? Like, yeah, but he's our first off the bench. He's our first, he's our second number three. He's the second small forward, isn't he? I technically, I mean, I think really JR is. I right? know, but, JR, but JR's the starting, you know, shooting guard. So yeah, JR right. can slide over, but he, you know, two, no, technically two, you're right. Two small forward is Richard Jefferson. Yeah. So I, I'd like, I'd like somebody else there. So it'd be nice to have another person there. I mean, you can say we need, we need another, you know, guy in, in the, the, the front court, but you know, we have we have uh, Verge. I'd like to see him get some more play. Uh, uh, honestly, uh, I mean he's not he's not going to be a, a, a world beater, but we need to figure out a way to get him more minutes. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, all right, I think that kind of covers it for me, Matt. Do you have anything else? Uh, oh, the only other thing I saw was I saw uh, I saw this on Twitter before we started too that somebody got a quote from Lou Amundsen, who said, <laughs> "I did who, see that." who took an opportunity to shit on Vlad a little bit and just said that the locker room last year before he was traded and the waiters trade was a mess. Yeah. Um, you know, again, we sort of knew the locker room was a mess then. That wasn't really news. That's one of the reasons we made that trade. But, mm-hmm. you know, Haywood, I think Brennan Haywood came out and had some rough stuff to say about Vlad. So it's, it's more clear that it was not just a LeBron needing to control everything. I love, I, I love that the least important people on our team are the ones with the biggest quotes. <laughs> right. This is a guy who, 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 who Justin Thompson, you know, kind of like absentmindedly dissed and, and created a beef. Now when Lou Edmondson plays the Cavs, he gets so hype for the game yep. and gets all up in, uh, in TT's grill and embarrasses himself. It's, it's, it's comical. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, um, David Blatt, good night, sweet prince. Fairly well. Fairly well. Um, I, honestly, I, do, you, do you think he coaches again in the NBA? I think he does. I don't know. People have been saying no way. He'll, he'll go be an assistant someplace now, right? Like, I think that's – I don't think he's going to get a head coaching gig right away. I don't think so either. At the same time, there are some teams that are desperate. Um, and, and they might take a shot at him. So I would not rule it out at all. Uh, uh, you got Minnesota, you got the Lakers, which would be hilarious because the, the, their last three coaches then would be uh, former Cavs coaches, yeah, which would be hilarious. Uh, you also have uh, the Nets, uh, you know, so uh, a, lot, a lot of teams in interim situations that could even hire him this year, middle of the season. I think un- I, I think that's unlikely, uh, uh, but Blatt is committed to staying in the state. That's what uh, it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense. You know, I wouldn't go back to Europe with my tail between my legs. I didn't prove my point. I want to prove myself again. Um, I would find it fascinating if he went to Golden State 
That'd be the ultimate fuck you move. Oh, to go be an assistant coach there? Yeah. Which is what he was originally hired. He was originally hired. If he had originally yeah, that's the that greatest job irony. stuck with it, one, he probably would have left the season to, to be the coach of the New Orleans, uh, uh, New Orleans Pelicans. If he hadn't, too, he'd be coaching. He'd he be Luke been, Walton. He'd be Luke Walton right now. Yeah. Everything would be turning up black. Yeah. <laughs> if he had done that. Uh, which is the whole thing when they, people were questioning whether he should have gone straight to the Cavs. It made sense when he was, re, you know, taking a young team, which is the real ultimate, you know, unfairness and just just bad luck for Blatt. Um, did you, know, you yes. see? Did you see Poznanski's piece about this? I did not. Oh, right, Pat, oh he, he had, he had a, he had a great analogy about this actually, which was he started out his piece talking about how the high percentage of people that win lotteries and then just have terrible things happen in their lives. They get bankrupt, their friends and family. And they were like, poor David Blatt, he won the lottery. LeBron Mm -hmm. came. Yep. And then this is what, it was a great, great, great analogy from him. That's, that's, that's genius. Um, Yeah, that's completely true. And I feel bad for him for that because I I was excited to see him coach that young team. Yeah. Which maybe Minnesota's a place to go. Then he gets Wiggins that, back, Wiggins I, and Towns. That's what I'm saying. I I I think he has a strong case. I don't think that the, the coaching pool is that strong. Uh, uh, that he couldn't land one of those jobs if he wanted it. Um, and worst maybe, case scenario, for sure he'll be hired as a top assistant somewhere. For sure. Maybe, maybe this can be another Belichick situation for us, Pat. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, it's guaranteed. I, I I'm already I'm already. The funny thing is, in this case, Belichick was an asshole and a. Fucking horrible coach of the Browns, like a fucking toxic, horrible. You know, he he lost the locker room a million times over. He was a terrible coach with the Browns, mm-hmm. and so of course he fails upward. I hate guys who fail upward. Blatt, yes, he failed, but I feel like he was put in a position to fail, and and he deserves success. I feel like I, I feel I I feel positive about Blatt, and I want him to do well. I won't be angry when he does well somewhere else. How do you feel about that? Uh, I think, I, especially if that someplace is Minnesota, where I'd be fine <laughs> with them being good, you yeah. know? Yeah. I don't want to be Lakers, obviously. No, or, or I don't know, whatever. Hoiberg gets fired and goes and does yeah. it in Chicago or something like that. That would make me mad. As long as it's not one of our rivals, then sure. Ooh, Manning, the Nets. I'd be excited. I get to watch them. Yeah, you get to go see them all the no, time, no, buddy. Was, then it might give me some fodder to be uh, excited about having uh, a number two team. I never really actually had that. Like a team actually, oh sure. Consistently consider my number two team. They're right down the block. That, that'd be exciting. Um. So yeah. All right. So we wish him well. Wish him well. Fairly well, David Blatt. You 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 were an asshole, but you were our asshole, and uh, we'll, we're gonna miss you. Uh. But now on to Comrade Lou. Um. Big week this week, Patty. Big week. Uh. Minnesota tomorrow night. Yep. Speaking of which, uh, and we have another game midweek. Against, yeah, Wednesday game against I can't remember who. Somebody not great. Somebody not great. Then Friday against the Pistons, uh, who have been up and down. They can beat us anytime. They've beaten us several. Uh, you know, they, they've proven they can beat us. They 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 beat the shit out of the the Warriors before the Warriors beat the shit out of us. Yep. And the next night is our final final test. So Lou's got some time. That you know that to me is going to be the bellwether. It's it's unfair to make that the bellwether because they'll only have had they'll have less than a week to prepare for it, uh, and they'll have three games in between then, so that's a that's a rough schedule. Yep. 
But Phoenix, Phoenix on Wednesday, by the way. Phoenix, there you go. So, yeah, two, two, two easy games. Although, frankly, uh, the way we played last night, we could easily lose to Minnesota, but I, I think we, we win those two games. Um, we, should, we need to win those games. Yes, At home against, those, against non-playoff teams from the West, yes. We absolutely. Need to win both absolutely. Those games. absolutely. There's no excuse. We have to come out of this 3-1 and one, uh, to have any confidence, I feel like. And, and play a solid game against San Antonio, even if we lose. Yeah. If we get blown out in that game, then... It's terrible. But if we play like we did when we lost them by four, the, uh, I will deal with that. Uh, I won't be happy about it. Yeah. If they, if they beat San Antonio, that's uh, huge. That would be huge. That would be a huge. Uh, Start planning the parade. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, fuck you. That's, the, that's, not, that's not cool, Manny. That's not no, cool. I'm, you know, right, I'm you, sorry. You know better. I take it back. You know better. <laughs> All right. Uh, that does it for the Cleveland Sports Hour. Uh, we'll come back to you probably uh, maybe this time next week. Right, yeah. Matty? Might could but, be. I think uh, I'm going to. I think I'm going to a Bone Thugs concert next week around this time. So we might have to do it a little oh, earlier. But. Oh, that's exciting. That's yeah. very exciting. I love to do. I love to do it early in the day. Okay. Uh, I'll work it out. Uh, uh, but yeah. So uh, next week, next Sunday, we'll we'll come back to you after the pivotal Spurs game. Oof. Until next time, that does it for the Cleveland Sports Hour. This is Maddie and Patty saying. Friendship.